Welcome into another week of All In, a women's sports podcast here at WFUV alongside Annabelle Watson and Chaz McAdams. I'm Miles Grossman. Glad you could join us here Saturday recording this time around for All In, a, a fun time of the year for women's sports. The U.S. Women's National Team in the heart of the World Cup, kind of limping in to the knockout round, not really what a lot of fans wanted to see. And then moving over to the WNBA, Diana Taurasi, 10,000 points. Of course, a very special career there in Phoenix. And then this week in, in New York, we also have some to be excited about in the Aces. First time they're making the trip over to play a supposed super team in the Liberty. And before we really break down that matchup, I think that's what we'll get into first is these New York Liberty. You know, I think, Throughout the first three quarters of the year, we only have really about a month left, but the Aces have done a great job of solidifying their spot as a tier one team, a whole step above a so-called super team on the East Coast in the Liberty. But before we break down the matchup, Annabelle, what really separates the Aces? Why is it that the Liberty just can't seem to tap into that level? I think there's a variety of different things. I think the aces are far better when it comes to turnovers in the June 29th game, uh, the Liberty and the aces, the aces had seven turnovers. The Liberty had 15 and the aces are also really good on capitalizing on the other team's turnovers. I think they're better at shooting from the field. And I think the aces play a full 40 minutes of basketball, which has been an issue for the Liberty time and time again. I think they can really take over in the third quarter, the fourth quarter. And, you know, that's been an issue for the Liberty where they just completely lose it in the second half of the game. And I think the the biggest thing is the Aces are just far better defensively. Um, I think the Liberty haven't really gelled when it comes to their defensive strategy yet. And I think that the Aces are just that top tier defensive team and I think that's what really separates them I think like I said there's a variety of factors but really the biggest thing is that they the Liberty are lacking defensively and the Aces definitely aren't uh yeah I would I would tend to I would tend to agree with 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 Annabelle there I think I I went to a Liberty game for WFV a couple weeks back and when they were playing the Lynx, and I think it was a great microcosm on the issues they had this season. I think that defensively, I think I think in basketball defensively, if your number one guy uh, or number one number one player is 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 kind of lacking defensively, it kind of has a trickle down effect, almost a domino effect. Well, I think Brianna Stewart is is an excellent defender. I, potentially, she hasn't been having a great season. Uh, on on the back end of the basketball, 
And I think team-wise, it's it's also just a sense of gelling. I think their pieces do match up with the Aces one-to-one. But at the end of the day, I think that the the Aces are a better team. I think they play together when you see – when I see Plum and Young and and and, and Wilson out there, you know, you know, passing the ball to each other and playing, I see a cohesive unit. When I see Ionescu, Vandersloot, and Stewart out there, I just see three different people uh, looking to looking to win some basketball games, and there is a difference there. Yeah, I think you guys both made some important points, specifically with Annabelle. The the full full forty is huge. I think you know. The, the Liberty have never really been able to, even in their dominant wins, there's been some lapses down the stretch. And I, I don't really know what it is about Las Vegas, but there, there's something about that chip on their shoulder that never seems to go away, right? They're, they're, they're playing pissed off for 40 minutes at times. And, you know, that's something that the Liberty have never seemed to do. And, and the other part of that that you guys both touched on is that, defensively there's a reason why the aces can be so cohesive this is a championship core that's been together multiple seasons and that kind of filling the gaps defensively just having a feel for the player next to you is something that takes sometimes months and sometimes seasons and so now that the las vegas aces kind of have that experience under their belt it's going to be difficult for the liberty to, to compete even at home but you know nevertheless i think this opportunity tomorrow is certainly a much better one than earlier in the season, right? You fall by 17 points on the road in Las Vegas, never really competitive, but this time around this iteration, no Candace Parker, right? With the injury on the road, this time for the aces back home in New York, Annabelle, do you see this as a bit more of a, of an opportunity for the Liberty? Or are we going to see another 17 point win for those aces? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's definitely an opportunity for the Liberty to get a win against the Aces. I think without Candace Parker, their depth is definitely at risk. I think their experience is definitely at risk. And I think that the, the Liberty being at home is very advantageous for them. And, you know, I think that the Liberty have learned from that huge loss against the Aces. And I think you know, they have the game tomorrow. They have a game against them on the 17th and the 28th. And, you know, in those three games, I think you can really learn from your mistakes and hopefully they can take maybe two out of three of those upcoming games. I think that this is really, really important for them to to get some wins here. And I think that them being at home is going to be really important. And I think being without Candace Parker is, is a great opportunity for the Liberty. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the full, you talked about the full, full 40. And I think where that comes in is the ability to use your bench to your advantage where the, the, the issue with the Liberty, you look at like the minutes breakdown for, for what, what some of these ladies are playing. On the on the aces side, you you have your top you have your top four in Gray, Plum, Young, and Wilson all playing uh over over thirty a game. But then as you go down, taking out Candace Parker, you still have Clark and Stokes both hovering around twenty. But then if you go down to the other side of the court, you have again it's a top four playing around thirty. But then there isn't John Quill Jones is playing tw- is around twenty five. Marine Johannes is playing 20 minutes a game and she's averaging 7.2 points. I mean, st- stuff like that can't happen. Again, hate to hate to talk about this one game I went to, but the microcosm. Vandersloot was out due to due to rest, and they had Johannes in, and they just weren't attacking. Coach Sandy touched on it during her post presser. 
she was she was emphatic about it's not that every bench player needs to be uh scrapping in a rat race for for points but they have to be aggressive you know what i mean just because you're not in that starting lineup when tip-off happens does not mean you can't go out there and try to win every basketball game for your squad Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the theme with the Aces, their lack of depth, something that's been known for the last couple of years. Last year, their starting five was able to make up for it. I don't even think the Liberty were really recognized as that weak second unit, but they've really become almost just as weak as the Aces at times. I mean, Marine is 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 a, one of the only players in that second unit that can explode offensively, right? Has the ability to really get you double-digit points. I'm not really sure if anyone, maybe Thornton on a spectacular night, but I don't think there's really anyone outside of Marine that is a reliable scorer in that second unit. And if that's the case, the Liberty are, are, are a far different team than I think most of us thought they were. This was supposed to be an extremely deep unit. Now, Steph Dolson is hurt. Obviously, that makes things harder for the second unit, but there's no doubt about it. This team is far different when Marine steps up and contributes 10 to 15 points. And I think we saw that over back in LA with the road trip, right? The first game Marine able to spark it up a little bit. Second game, not so much. And, and, you know, we see how different the second unit can be. I believe it was the second game, Kayla Thornton, two buckets, the only two buckets for the second unit. I mean, that just can't happen against the aces on Sunday. And I know we'll get into the bench play, in a little bit, but that's certainly a theme that that we we got to monitor down the stretch because there's only about five weeks left of the year, and and that second unit, especially with no Han and no Dolson, c- cannot stay consistent at this level if the Liberty are going to have a chance. But like I said, about five weeks left, fourteen games for the Liberty, and that's three against the Aces. I want to get into a bit of reflection about who the Liberty were early on as opposed to right now. I think we've seen a lot of development in a few different areas, but over the next five weeks, what do you expect the, the development to look like moving forward? How, how different uh, is that final Liberty team going to look like as opposed to a couple months ago? Yeah, I think there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year, especially from us on All In about the Liberty not meshing and they hadn't really gelled yet. And I do think they're starting to find their identity. Sab even said that in a recent uh, press conference, I think. So they're starting to find their identity. And Miles, like you said about the Aces, they've been this team has been together for seasons and seasons and so you can't really expect the liberty to come together and gel immediately and i think we're starting to see a little bit of progress as far as that um i think that in these three games against the aces i think it's going to be a big learning experience for them because they're going to have so much competition against this upper echelon team um I would like to see them tighten up the defense a little bit more and I think they're really gonna have to do that against the aces and so obviously that's gonna translate to other games against other teams and like we I sound like a broken record but really playing those full 40 minutes I think that is truly the Liberty's downfall when you can't play a full 40 minutes you know teams are gonna drop a lot of points on you you're your defense completely crumbles in the second half that's not great but I think hopefully like I said in these aces games they're gonna really have to learn how to play the full 40 minutes and I think that 
they're going to be able to translate that to other games because you just really can't be doing that. I, I guess it's not even an is- issue of clutchness for, for, for what I'm saying because of what, what, what Annabelle is, is so right about is a championship team doesn't do – isn't – like the Liberty aren't playing like a championship team because I think that's, that's what they're – I think that's what their ceiling is, 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 is winning a WNBA championship this year. And it's it's not even just gelling because there are probably teams that you can see they they dish the rock twenty times and and they they know where all their teammates spots are and their best friends in and out of the locker room and then they win they go under five hundred. It's not just about gelling. It's not just about defense. It's not just about playing the full game. It's about putting it all together. And you you would think that the way the Liberty constructed this roster when they pulled up Jones, a former MVP. When they have Brianna, when they have Brianna Stewart, Sabrina Ionescu, you'd think that these players could have taken uh, their success on former teams and and brought it together and gelled as one. But that's not how it works. At the end of the day, basketball, you got five people out on the court. All those people have to be on the same page. All six people got to be on the same page. That includes the coach. I do think that the Liberty have a chance, even though th- what you said five weeks just about uh, c- coming down the stretch of the season. A lot of time left. A lot of time left to sit down. Hey, girls, we can get this done. We we have the skills. It's not like they they don't have bucket getters. Even people like to dog on on Thornton. Rare rare game. She's still super tough, and I think could be a key bench piece on a championship team. They just have to have a team conversation about it. They have the skill. They have the difficult part. I think it's just about putting all the puzzle pieces together and putting together a championship postseason. Yeah, Chaz, there's definitely room for improvement in, in terms of just meshing as a unit and, and taking steps forward as, as to being cohesive. But when I look at the biggest you know, moves that the Liberty have made since the beginning of the year, I, I first look at it down low with John Quell Jones, right? I think early it was the right foot and just a bit uh, of chemistry issues being the being the story for John Quell Jones. But since the All-Star break, she's just been spectacular. And, and I think that if the Liberty are going to have a chance at that championship run, it's going to take a really strong interior presence, which, of course, all starts with John Quell Jones. Then outside of that, I think I'm really looking at the guard play defensively, which is a theme I've touched on a couple couple times throughout all day. And I think, you know, when you look at the aces, the, their backcourt between Plum, Young, and Gray is just kind of – they make it so tough defensively just as just as special as they are offensively they really are defensively and i think you know these these liberty guards as special as they are offensively they really do lack on the defensive end and part of that is just not playing together for all that long you know there's a lot of switching there's things like that when it's just a chemistry but you know i think moving forward the guard play defensively is gonna have to take steps and John Quell is going to have to stay consistent down low. She's definitely been everything she needs to be and more over the last couple of weeks. But we need to see more of that, of course, throughout the final five weeks. But our final really discussion when it comes to the Liberty, I, I want to turn to more of the second unit talk. I think we did a little bit of this earlier, but, you know, the second unit with the Aces has been that highlighted theme. They're number one flaw and down the stretch for the Liberty. It's really been the same Marine, you know, a couple times getting into double digits, oftentimes two buckets, 
three buckets, one buckets for the entire second unit. Annabelle, what have you seen from the Liberty's bench lately? And, you know, is there anything that stuck out for you? Yeah, I mean, I think in um, yesterday's game, Kayla Thornton was definitely a contributor, contributor, four rebounds in 14 minutes. Um, But I think when you're without Steph Dolson and Han Shu, I think it's, it's hard. I think if you had Steph and Han on that bench, it would definitely be a whole different ball game. I think that in all in WNBA, NBA, college basketball, having a good bench really is what wins you championships. And I think that the Liberty just, they're missing some pieces. I think that if Marine could continue to have those explosive performances and have them more consistently, I think I would have more confidence in the bench. But right now, I just feel like when the bench players go out there the momentum is kind of lost um which you really can't have so I think that you know without Steph and Han it's hard but hopefully we can look to see Marine have some more explosive performances in these next five weeks and I think that's really gonna be be an advantage for the bench I just want to take a second to talk about like the idea of bench scoring in basketball as a whole I mean, the the nature of having your second unit be be as aggressive as they need to is not because you like the 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 second unit should not have any notion of 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 individual compliments. Obviously, like six six women of the year, like like that that nature, whatever. But the the the, the second unit needs to you need to have a a sense of plug and play where if if one of the starters comes off, one of your main bucket getters comes off. You can come in and you don't diminish you don't diminish the the offensive uh possessions to to a to a certain level degree. Obviously, Kayla Foran does not need to be Sabrina Ionescu. I'm not asking for that. What I'm asking for is a certain sense that attack the rack, uh go, crash the glass, and be able to be able to let Sabrina rest. And and just just using Sabrina as an example, being able to let her rest and and develop and and get get her minutes off, so that you can she can get back on and get better. I think that is how good this Liberty starting five is. I think that even though, like you said, like they don't have Ju and and Thorne hasn't been ha- have having a great season, I do think that the starting five is so solid that the bench players just need to coast. They they don't they don't. It'd be great if they 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 you know get the lead. It'd be great if they maintain, but just don't let it dip. No doubt about it. If the Liberty can just, you know, maintain their leads when the second unit comes out there, they'll be a far different team, but that'll do it for our Liberty talk tomorrow. They'll play the aces for the first time in New York, 3 PM Eastern, a Sunday matinee matchup. ABC nationally televised should be a fun one to say the least. I think WFUV alum Ryan Rucco should be on the call for that. Not 100%, but he usually is their, their national guy. So we'll see. But now moving forward to our final topic, Diana Taurasi, 10,000 points this week. The first ever in WNBA history. She got it in a 91-71 win over the Dream. She dropped 42, and it was it was quite the scene. You know, they had, they had a, a, a real live goat pen in the stadium everybody got a shirt everybody got a sign it, it, you know she needed 18 she got 42 it, it was fun to watch for dt and i think she's a player that is genuinely 
so frustrating to play against. I think she's really up there. You know, Phoenix has Cunningham and Tarasi, two of the most infuriating to play against. But, you know, Tarasi, as much as she is kind of annoying to watch as an opponent, she she's had you know just an unbelievable WNBA career. She still carries that tenacity night in and night out at her age. And about what was it like watching that that ten thousand mark for Diana past? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just so awesome to see um, first WNBA player to reach ten thousand points. I you know scoring forty two points in that game a career high is awesome to see and you know as frustrating as she can be she was so classy and gracious afterwards talking about how it's not really her record someday someone else will break it and you know Diana is a player I've loved at UConn and you know throughout her WNBA career she's just so fun to watch um other WNBA players always talk about how fun she is to talk to just kind of a a fun player a good human being and it's fun to see her uh reach this milestone and I think that you know being the first to reach this she's you know setting the milestone for other players and it's just great to see it wasn't Lisa Leslie it wasn't Maya Moore it wasn't Tamika Catchings it wasn't Cheryl Swoops it wasn't even Sue Bird. It was Diana Taurasi. First to 10K is crazy. Diana Taurasi is, is is who got me into WNBA basketball. Like, the way that she plays, the way that she's able to go out there and get whatever she wants, no matter the defensive scheme, no matter the defensive player, is something to be admired. Phoenix Mercury Zone, the greatest Mercury of all time, 2009 MVP. I mean, I mean three-time champ. You know, uh, it, she, her her career resume is something that cannot be denied, and I think that I think that she was obviously in people that don't even watch the WNBA seriously, like even casual basketball fans, give Tarazi her roses when they see her play because the way she's able to go out there and get buckets is something that uh is again it's what got me in the WNBA. It can get anyone in the WNBA. Uh, she is a fantastic player uh way to uh and i think that this is like annabelle said awesome that a WNB player in general hit ten thousand. but i do think that her humbleness at the end of the game was very nice saying that someone will break the record yeah genuinely an amazing feat you know you know ten thousand is really special and i think it really speaks to her longevity more than anything else the number two on the list tina thompson 7,488, 2,500 points separate the number one and the number two. It's just special that Diana Taurasi has been able to do it at this volume for this long. It really is. But that'll do it for this week in All In from Annabelle Watson and Chaz McAdams. I'm Miles Grossman. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your week with us and talk to you next week.